Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, can I take a little break again on this episode and do a little shopping on Amazon? While you do that, I'm going to get into some of the specifics about how you might be able to sell some stuff on Amazon. I brought someone in that actually knows what they're doing today. Can I just buy stuff from him? Um, I don't know. You're going to have to ask him. Let me introduce uh, Andrew Morgans, the founder of Marknology. What's up, guys? How you doing, Andrew? Doing well. Well, thanks for coming in. Um, the real reason we have you here is so I got to figure out how to sell some of these books on Amazon. I think you might have some pretty good advice for me down the road here. huh? Yeah, I do. I actually just pitched a book launch or a strategy launch for a client. So I've got some good stuff already put together for you. The best advice about trying to sell a book is don't. don't even try so all right so andrew uh once again thanks for coming in Uh, your company marknology is an amazon brand accelerator to give us a little background about that yeah so um i started out um uh, as an e-commerce manager kind of corporate america and just discovered that i kind of um learned this amazon platform and thought i would start helping other sellers so i went i started freelancing and uh, from there, just developed a system. I call it the Marknology effect, just for uh, a popular phrase. But um, with that, with that system, it just allowed us to launch multiple, multiple products on Amazon. And and through the last six years, I've been doing this. We've just discovered um, a lot of the things that you can do for multiple brands that really help them get exposure on the platform. Where did the name Marknology come from? Um, well, I was looking at names for my company and uh, anything related to technology had already been taken. It was going to cost me a ton. And so, uh, I was in the technology department and I worked with the marketing department all the time. Mm, And so I just mixed marketing and technology and it's super great. If you Google me, Marknology, (laughs) I'm the only one that comes up. So I guess that's a strong plan. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I totally, I, I have to admit, I didn't get the marketing part of it, but now I do. And it seems kind of genius, actually. So, you know, the last episode, Mr. Watson and I talked a lot about the Amazon effect, um, how it's, you know, left some retailers reeling and others trying to figure out how to catch up. Is the same approach to selling on Amazon valid for a big brand as it might be for any other brand? Yes, totally. Um, I've worked with, in a small amount of time I've been doing this, I've worked with clients as big as Swiss and Adidas, actually, to uh, brands as small as like, I just want to make this product for Amazon. And I actually have more success with small business, small to medium-sized business than I do with the big brands. Why is that? The big brands are less willing to maneuver. And so with the smaller brands or the medium-sized brands, a lot of times I'm talking to the owner directly or someone very high up that's on board with the plan and um, is willing to adjust and pivot in order to um, sell on Amazon. Well, it also seems like a lot of uh, 
startups or, or small companies when they first launch their product and they're selling it online, like Amazon is the way they sell it online, right? Like that is their primary source. And so they put, they're willing to put all of their effort into maximizing right. that and making it work. Right. right. So I think the thing, that, I think the thing that he mentioned that was something we talked about yesterday was the small business's ability to be more maneuverable. Mm-hmm. I've always compared the small business to that little tiny boat. When you play battleship, you know, it's hard to hit and sink and it's a lot easier to turn around if you needed to. Now, that's not necessarily applicable to Battleship in that regard. But you know. <laughs> I think I think one thing about it is, um, you know, the small businesses, a lot of times they have less SKUs or less products. OK, and so we're able to focus more attention on a handful. Like I have clients that have four SKUs, four different products, and they're doing three and a half million on Amazon. Now, I'll have the bigger brands that might have a thousand, two thousand SKUs, maybe more. And they're always thinking like, what can I do? What's the lowest common denominator to improve all of these? I'm like, if we just could just give attention to a few handful um, and treat every listing like it's your only listing on Amazon, really give it the love and attention it needs. Um, that one product that you're selling with with a lot of attention can be just as valuable as a hundred that you're just trying to get by. That same philosophy goes for every business, right? It's like every feature in our in my software product, I can't give all of them the love and attention they need or every type of customer, right? Like every vertical, every, it's hard to service everybody at a high level. Well, as you know, I've said multiple times when it comes to selling things, there's two four letter words that matter sold and next. And sometimes you just have to move on. I think you're right. Um, you know, focusing on the things that are higher margin, um, obviously are going to serve you well in the end. You know, I think the thing that I, that I think is pretty cool when it comes to being an Amazon seller, especially for people that are in the small or even startup phase of a product or whatever they're doing is the ability to send this product out and let the fulfillment center deal with all of that. That is huge. I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. I look at it. Wait a second. You don't ship your own books. When you sell well, like, no, I do. You sell like two of them a month on Amazon. No, and you don't ship them. No, we sell a lot more than that on <laughs> Amazon. But you know, I have I have a whole lot of each of my books in my garage, and honestly, I tell people to order it on Amazon because I don't want to ship it. I thought um, you were using child labor in your garage. No. Now, where did you even where did you even come up with that idea? I mean, and by the way, I'm dropping books off in your garage no, today, so no, your no, children no, no, no. can ship them. But you know, you look I have at, too many kids' toys in my garage for that. I think one of the things that business owners really don't pay enough attention to is the cost, the value of your own time, oh, and, yeah. and just the ability to do it. And for me, you know, let's be realistic. You know, if I sell five books in a day, that's a landslide. But if I have to ship all those myself, then I, I got to get them together. I got to print a label. I got to go to the label making program. It's just like, and it doesn't sound that bad. But next thing you know, I'm 30, 40 minutes in. Now I got to drop What's your time worth. I got to drop more than that. Right. More <laughs> than the, the cost. More the book. than the books. <laughs> right, low yeah. end, 150, yeah. 200. Let's keep going. Yeah. I, you know, and so you really start thinking about. No, I'm not above packing and shipping a book. It has nothing and to do I'm with not. that. It has to I got do better with, things to do. Is yeah, the thing. productivity. Yeah. And so I, I own an apparel company. And early on, I was packing and shipping shirts and also trying to do, work on client stuff. And, um, you know, I like to travel. And so putting my products into FBA, um, I started fulfilling my websites, Etsy, everything from FBA, um, just by integrating What is everything. FBA? FBA is fulfillment by Amazon. Sorry, okay. you guys slow me down if I ever get my acronyms going. But um, we like a good acronym. 
Yeah. So in the, in the space, they call it FBA or fulfillment by Amazon. And most, I think the main... Well, what, why don't we explain that to those that might be listening that are interested in selling something on Amazon? So how does that work? Yeah, that's great. Um, one of the main, I think, hiccups I have whenever I'm talking to businesses that have always done things the way they've always done them is they look at FBA fees or fulfillment by Amazon fees and they start getting scared. And they're like, oh, it's nothing my business can do. Do those vary by category? They. They do and they don't. Okay. So this, what FBA is, is you're taking a product like your books in your garage and you're packing them up a specific way, depending on your product. Okay. Meaning what I mean by that is like, let's say you have a small necklace. You're going to put it in a little, a little poly bag, a little clear bag. It says no choking on it. You're going to, Amazon has different standards for different products. Okay. But a book, you would probably just put them in a box. You're going to put these labels on them unless they have uh, UPCs on them. You're going to put different labels on them. You're going to send them into a warehouse. Amazon they they actually print my books one by one as they sell. Okay. So which that's, is which is insane and a totally different topic, how they pull that off and still deliver it two days later. But that's the that's their big thing. And they just the Amazon's gotten to publishing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they are the biggest book publisher. And uh, you know, that's pretty much, you know, you look at something like Kindle as well, and that's their dis you're they're the distribution channel. So I'm used to paying them a royalty, a percentage of everything. And I think it's a lot higher than what the standard selling fee is for. Well, it's really, it's really not that bad. Okay. So there's a company locally here in Kansas city, um, faultless starch and we are working. They've always been a B2B company. And we, in 2017, we started putting their products on Amazon and we saw a ton of growth. I'm not going to give all of their details here, but we saw a ton of growth with even 30 days of working together. (laughs) And what we discovered after a couple months in was that they were spending 10 to $13 on a FedEx shipment per like can of starch. Okay. So that's like outrageous. Well, they had told me from the beginning, we can't do FBA. Well, the conversation changed when I learned that they were spending 10 to $13 a shipment on a can of starch. Uh, we're talking like, you know, maybe $15,000 in shipping a month. Um, you know, we can get down to FBA fees, which at the bottom end, if there's exceptions to everything, okay, but you're looking at like $299 to pick, pack, and ship two days anywhere in the US. Let's start talking numbers. You know, I'm able to save them ten, fifteen thousand dollars if you do the math, simply by going to FBA. And that probably didn't include their labor cost. No. That was just the FedEx cost, right? So, and they've always been a B2B business, so their rates are built for LTL or like you know, big pallet pickups and shipments to Walmarts and grocery stores. They, they haven't been for the last 50 years using FedEx to get these awesome rates to ship. You want to hear something random? Tell me. 15 years ago, I helped design their website for Faultless. You did? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know you were a web developer. Yeah. I mean, more like almost 20 years ago. Yeah. They're random. That was when Matt was, that's when Matt was seven. hey gotta jump start well i think some of the points you just made are 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 super valid in the regards that you know you got to really consider any option and avenue for how you're going to do business and how you're going to do expenses with what you just described even if that was equal to the prior expense not having to deal with it right is a whole nother thing and then another another thing too is that didn't get mentioned is something like shrink like you're going to the more you're moving your own stuff by yourself, the more you're going to break 
yeah. lose well, and, or and, and speaking of that, like I don't think Amazon will handle stuff that's in glass bottles and stuff either, right? I think they have some other limitations like that. No, they'll handle it. You just have to pack it correctly. And that's gotcha. kind of what I was talking about in that prep with the poly bag. Like okay. if you have a glass item, you got to prep it differently. If you have a product that might ooze onto other products, right? You got to prep it differently to keep it separate because they're going to pack your book. They're going to pack you know, toilet paper, they're yeah. going to pack everything all together. Yeah, because I, I have a local friend here who has a company that makes mayonnaise, a special kind of mayonnaise, and they sell it on Amazon. I think that was one of his issues was the... And here, here's the main here's the main thing with FBA, guys. Mayonnaise. Yeah, it's called Macho Mayo. All right. I could probably sell a lot of that, too. <laughs> I, I, could connect, I should connect you with him. Yeah. I should, actually. I have a lot of people in the food industry on Amazon. Yeah. Um, but getting back to it, I want to talk real quickly about the benefits of FBA for new sellers. Sure. So whenever you start out, I think most of you guys would remember eBay. And when you start selling on eBay, you have like this review system. You need to get these stars to start getting to where you can list more products. And well, it's changed over the years, but now you got to get 10 reviews. Then all of a sudden you've got some stars and you're starting to get some sales going. Then they increase your limits. Well, on Amazon, whenever you start out in your first 90 days of selling, Whenever you're fulfilling yourself, they don't really trust you. And they're kind of going through this like gating. It's kind of like a term specific to Amazon where they're like letting your flow of listings get seen or not seen in order to see if you can ship and stay to their standards. Like Amazon is built around customer experience. So whenever you put items into FBA at the beginning of launching an account, an account, you're basically getting the power of Amazon behind you to say they vouch for your store. So then they're handling customer returns, they're handling your logistics questions, they're picking and packing the orders, they're guaranteeing the stuff's on time. Customers review about the bad shipment, it immediately gets erased. And nobody uh, got time for any of that perks, shit. Perks. So um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff outside of just the you know hands off and two ninety nine. That's yeah, amazing. I'm all I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for it. You know, it's we've spent a lot of time on the on this show talking about different types of business efficiency and you know it's about scale at that yeah, point, right? Yeah. Like how many books a day can you ship yourself? Right. Or print. Yeah. Or and then another thing too that I I think when I've talked to people that have used Gigabook, the one thing they're most excited about is they feel they have a, a higher sense of freedom because they're not chained to their business. And you mentioned tr- liking to travel. Yeah. And, you know, th- one of the things that's a downside of retail or certain types of, you know, even online selling is, you know, what if you want to go somewhere for a week and you can't really be on vacation if you're working the whole time? That's not really vacation. And like, you know, just being able to have someone to run the shop is, is a pretty big thing. So in regards to Amazon... What are some of the things that people make mistakes when it comes? What are the most common mistakes for new sellers? Wow. Okay. Well, there's a million. Yes. Uh, let's go with the top 500,000. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with FBA since we were just talking about it. Um, I've made probably a $15,000 mistake on FBA for a client. And that came out of my checks for sure. Basically, he had two products that were similar, and he's, he's a big-time guy. And uh, one was uh, vitamin K2, and one was vitamin K2 plus D3, added another supplement to it. And it was like, it was uh, Halloween. I actually had somewhere to be that I was volunteering, so I was trying to do some good and uh, doing like trunk or treat thing. And I saw his like email come in that he wanted to create this order and get it out the door for a shipment to go to Amazon because we were running low on stock. Well, um, I just assumed it was the product we had been selling and we were launching this new one that was K2D3. So we sent in all these products. 
um, under the wrong, we told them we were sending in the wrong product. So we had to bring it all back. It got mixed in with stock that was already there. We had to resort it back at the warehouse. So labor there, um, the missed sales we had by pulling everything out of stock. It was just, it was a nightmare. Um, but we, I mean, I made the mistake. So there's, there's a lot of things you can do in FBA if you're not careful, um, being deliberate, making sure you've got the right labels and you're telling them that you're sending the right stuff. That's one example. Um, new sellers, another thing they can do is like not consider Amazon an investment. Okay. I, I think very much whenever you're launching a new store, you need to think of it as like, a, am spending this money up front to make money in the long run. So throwing more, more money at advertising, um, even if you're being conservative, like this is like a launch, just like you would launch anything else. Maybe you're getting a billboard, maybe you're getting whatever. Um, don't be afraid to put in that advertising money. Don't be afraid to, um, you know, pay for some help, honestly. Like um, if you need better f- photos, like investing in good photography or everyone tries to just kind of go the cheap route and it's really um, not always the best. If you're going to do it, you need to actually do it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing I say a lot is, you know, look like you're in the business that you say you're in. And, well, it's like your yeah. example earlier of like Adidas or somebody that like, oh, let's just take our thousand things and throw them up on Amazon is not the same as truly optimizing something. Yeah. You mentioned advertising. So as a seller on Amazon, I can buy ads on Amazon. Yes. Um, that's a whole different science. Yes. Uh, do you guys help? your clients set that up? Totally. I think that's one of our stronger areas. Honestly, um, just a little plug. I was like uh, one of the clients I was managing this last uh, Christmas, Q4. We were ranked one of the top performers on Amazon.com in the U.S. for advertising just from amount spent, um, the A cost, which is an average cost of sales, so ROI. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways to advertise. So you've got um, if you're selling as a vendor, which is selling to Amazon wholesale, or you're selling direct to customers, which is like seller central, two different types of advertising platforms. There's uh, Amazon media group, which is paying $30,000 a month minimum to play, which oh, is wow. the big dog, um, which is just like retargeting and using the Amazon media group team. But it's, it's very similar. It's similar to Google PPC. But I have outperformed PPC agencies time and time and time again, even though that's not my background. So that's where I'm on Amazon and I'm looking at diapers or whatever it is. And then next thing I know, I'm on Facebook or someplace and I see an ad about those diapers that I looked at on Amazon, right? Like it's that part of it. Yeah. So that would be uh, the retargeting would be the Amazon media group. Amazon's so careful with all of their information and pixels and that kind of stuff that you almost have to pay them to do retargeting. But any advertising that you ever see within Amazon at the top of the page, the side of the page, the search results, all of that can be controlled by you or someone like me. So it's like suggested stuff, sponsored stuff. All yeah, stuff. showing on other products, showing yeah. bidding on keywords. Yeah, for like for, um, for a million dollar bedroom, I bought ads that showed when books or titles were shown for other uh, business authors. Yeah, or you know, people that wrote books about startups or stuff like that. And uh, it can be pretty expensive. And it, you know, it, I mean, it's it has a lot. It's very similar. It's almost like a much, it's a simplified version of Google AdWords in a lot of ways. Um, you know, one of the things that I found to be interesting with that was the rankings that Amazon will give you 
are fully dynamic. Right. Meaning like you see where a product or a book or something ranks and that's changing in real time. It's any like a two or three hour lag. Even it's not even, I mean, it's pretty minimal, but Amazon seems to like things that are selling well and often you find that same result. Totally. So that's kind of the whole thing with uh, being a brand accelerator is really like having a whole bunch of tools in your pocket to make that listing sell frequently. Even if it's like us putting advertising to make it sell frequently. If you start selling frequently, you start moving up the BSR or what they call the best sellers rank or um, even the category ranking. You start moving up. As you start moving up, Amazon's showing you more organically and bam, we've got a listing on fire. So you can do that with reviews. You can do that with advertising. You can do that with giveaways. You can do that with social media. You can do that with a million different options um, that we call kind of launching techniques. Um, but you're, you're exactly right. I, when I, my experience with Amazon is I considered Amazon to be just like a search engine, except for it's better than Google because pretty much everyone's there to buy, right? There's not as many tire kickers. And, you know, once I adopted that mentality, I really embraced all the different ways to get found. And that's kind of difficult still. Like, um, you know, 1.2 million new books came out last year and now you got to get found. And, you know, I think the thing that, uh, and maybe you'll confirm this, but having a full complete listing, filling out all the spots that they give you to off, you know, offer and, and giving a relevant description of what you're selling and maybe who you are, at least from an author's perspective. Um, What are some of the things that you would recommend to anyone to not do? What are maybe some things that aren't going to probably sell well or what would I need to avoid? Yeah, I would love to talk about both of those. So to answer this question directly, um, I particularly stay away from, I don't work with drop shippers really anymore. I like to work with products that were private labeling or manufacturing or someone has brand control over because we're able to actually improve them. Right. If you're just selling another pair of Yeezys on Amazon, you're working off the listing that's already been made by somebody else. If you're like selling your own shoe or your own book, we're able to change it. We're able to improve it, improve the the listing page and true improve the images. So one thing would be, um, you know, anyone can sell on Amazon. I can go through my house and instead of using Swap Shop on Facebook, I can send items into Prime that I'm I want to get rid of a camera or whatever. Um, Do they charge more for Prime? They okay so. Let me think of how to answer that question. So like whenever we send items into FBA, that's prime. Okay. So whenever so it's we, just automatically prime, it becomes prime it? once they have it. Okay. There are, I, I never want to get caught by someone listening. There are other ways to do prime without selling, sending it in, which is called seller fulfilled prime, but you pay, you have to be able to pay to have that two day from here to Cali. And, and that's, probably, that becomes ex- pro- super expensive. I would assume they probably get kind of cranky if you don't deliver. On you time. have to hit the only way you get invited to be able to do that is if you're just killing it as far as fulfillment metrics. But another thing I would stick away from is anything you couldn't advertise on. So let's talk about adult toys. Like you can't advertise on adult toys. Well, advertising is a huge part of Amazon of getting your organic listing seen and ranked and stuff like that. I'm not saying you can't sell adult toys, I'm saying it's it's a it's harder. Right? What else can you not advertise? I'm just, probably weapons. Um, probably weapons. Probably like uh, you know smoking products of some sort. Um, 
I'm not sure all the things like drug, I'm thinking different like, drug paraphernalia, drug probably. paraphernalia, you know, um, they'll, they'll word it as different stuff. Um, I don't have a list completely built out, you know, of all the ones we haven't done. Usually I like search as I'm getting a new client. Um, but there's other products that are hard, like fine jewelry, fine jewelry is super hard because you have to pay a big fee now to get approved 500 to a thousand dollars. Okay. That's an additional fee, right? When you're starting out. So is that like a vetting process? They want to make sure that, cause when I hear fine jewelry, I think fake. You know, this is like, like yeah. they want to prove that it's real. Yeah. So in order to do that, to kind of like keep uh, China sellers and, you know, anyone from doing knockoffs, um, which is a big problem on Amazon, is they've improved certain categories, like especially apparel now is getting better. Um, but fine jewelry, you have to send your products off to have them tested that they're genuine. And yeah. And that's, you know, you talk about some of the value added. We were discussing that yesterday. You mentioned Yeezys earlier. I'm wearing a pair right now. And I bought them through uh, an exchange that validates them. Yeah. Like an expert actually says these aren't fake. Yeah. And, you know, they're expensive shoes and you don't I, really want them to be I fake. saw somebody uh, last week, by the way, wearing your exact shoes that were fake. And I could tell they were fake because they were sort of yellow and still white. <laughs> and they looked really crappy. But anyways. But these look so good. Those look awesome. Yeah. But, but that, you know, it's the same thing with apparel too. Cause you look at some of these brands like Supreme or, you know, other things that are very, it's very, okay. Easy I, to it, knock off the word. If, if you're not time. familiar with Supreme, they've probably done the greatest job ever of building a name and putting it on everything they can and then charging nine times more than it's worth because it says Supreme on it. From it, you see. Yeah. So, you know, with that, it's pretty easy to print a Supreme T-shirt. So, how do you tell the difference with some of that? So, this is great. You just—I feel like you're just promoing me right now. <laughs> but uh, there's a program, Marknology. On, there's a program on Amazon called Brand Registry. Okay, and it used to just have to be you had to have a website. You had to show them you had a logo and box, and you know, showing them you're an official brand. And last year, they um, went to 2.0. And 2.0 brand registry requires a trademark or a different type of uh, watermark that's officially registered with the government. So that's cut out a whole bunch of counterfeit apparel companies, okay? Because that brand registry allows someone like me that's managing an account or or someone else if they can if they go through the hoops and understand the program, you can submit cases through brand registry to be like this person's in violation or there's some, there's some crazy loopholes. I won't give away all my secrets, but there's ways you can have the warehouse see two items coming in exactly identical. One will have markings that say, this is the legit product coming only from client X, Y, Z and anything else is not, there's no way it can be the right product. At one point, and you were talking about this a few episodes ago about Amazon taking all these like products and dumping them in one communal bin. So oh. when you have to get, do they still do that? Yeah. So that's kind of, uh, so what happens if something fake or broken or odd gets co-mingled in with so it and you want to bring your stuff back? That's on the brands. That's on the brand's decision. So the brand gets to decide whether they want to do commingled inventory or not. Okay. So if you say not, that just means that your items are set aside. Now there's perks to doing commingled inventory in that, um, it's easier for your items to get checked in and they're kind of accessible all over as everyone's kind of selling the different products. And they're just saying, Hey, you have 25 available. It doesn't matter where they come from because these are all the same products. So there's, there's benefits to both, but you do deal with sometimes them saying an item is resellable and it's actually been opened or is missing some pieces or, or different things. But almost for every situation, there's a setting or some way you can say like, Hey, I don't want any of my items getting 
you know, resold, bring them back. So, so along those lines, so you know, we talk about taking a, a pallet of cans of starch from Faultless and sending it to Amazon. Do you, how, how do they deal with getting that to like all the different uh, distribution centers at Amazon? Do you have to like send some to each one or how do so, they do that? So there's settings as well, as I keep saying. Um, one is called inventory placement service and the other one's called distributed inventory. And so inventory placement service says like, I only want to send these to one location. I don't want to deal with sending these everywhere. And so you pay a little bit more to have them go to one location. Okay. Now the other one says, you tell me where you send it. I'm going to create this order. And whenever you tell me what warehouses to send it to, I'll send it to them. Um, the other one, I don't like paying the extra fees. So I have some workarounds to make the, the cheaper ones still send me to one spot. Uh, just a little trick of the trade. But ultimately, you send them in. Even if even if you're sending them to multiple ones, it's going to be like three. Maybe like let's say you said I have this book, this one product. I'm sending it in. They might be like, let's send Indiana, California, and Texas. Because that because that, that impact like Amazon Prime and stuff. So it, like if it's only in the California warehouse, I'm in Miami. It does not. Prime, it or? does not. So the way Amazon's system is just so sophisticated in the sense that I'll send it in. They'll send it into your closest warehouse. So probably from Kansas City to maybe we're going to Indiana or something. And then from Indiana, they'll look at your customer base and move products around on trucks. That costs you nothing. So they start moving it. They start moving it around. So you send it to one place and then they're moving it. Correct. Gotcha. One of the things that I've seen... This shit's complicated, by the way. I know. it. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this is why you hire experts. You know, like everything that he has described here would take forever to figure out. And that's the benefit of, I I just love the fact that you can find businesses like yours, Andrew, because, and and for those that are listening, you know, whether you use Marknology or something else, consider that because the amount of uh, frustration, loss, uh, time, and maybe missed opportunities that can exist by trying to do everything yourself you know, as a startup founder, I'm kind of used to that, but I've come to appreciate a little more of the expert input. Well, so I think like the example from Faultless is a great example, right? They're spending all this money on advertising. They're like, why would we send our stuff to Amazon and have them handle it for us? We can do it. We know what we're doing. You're like, hey, wait a second. I can save you like 10 or 15 grand a month. And let me just do the math <laughs> okay. and show you right here exactly what yeah. that says. And that's, you know, that's really the the thing. And, you know, they always say money talks. Well, it does. And, and I think that's an important part of businesses evolving. You know, Andrew, we were talking, you and I were talking about that before we hit record. And um, you mentioned that you're helping retail brands and retail stores take their business to Amazon in an expanded way. Do you think that that's one of the key components for new and still early stage retail businesses to survive? Yes. So, Two things. One, I love what I do specifically because I get a win and my clients get a win. Like I truly believe we're going to make them money on Amazon and improve their businesses. And at the same time, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing my thing. And so we win together and it becomes a lot easier sell that we both, we both win and grow together. Um, so I really like that. And I, I'm, I'm really here to help you win whatever that is along the way. Um, and as far as the, the retail conversation, um, if I owned a retail store, there'd be no way that I wouldn't also be selling online and using that as, as a hub. My, my inventory is sitting there. I'm waiting on customers to come in. 
you can be proactive and use online as a way to reach way outside your demographic. Imagine having a retail store in the most busiest place in America, like let's say a street in New York where people are just walking by constantly. That's what Amazon is, right? Like I don't know how anybody selling in a retail store would not want to be there. Now, have you been, I've actually been in a retail store, not found what I wanted and then picked Pulled my phone out of my pocket and bought it on Amazon. I think it happens every week. I do it all the time. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a specific challenge for retailers. I think Am- I think things like Amazon should just be considered modern retail. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, so, so do you help uh, do anything outside of Amazon? Yeah. So we actually do. I, I spend a ton of time studying social media um, simply because I've had clients that use social media um, to launch products on Amazon or to improve our, our Amazon presence. And they're extremely successful. So my brain lights up and I'm like, wow, I got to figure this stuff out. Uh, some of these bigger players have strong social media and they're just killing it. And so where we were paying like a launch service or giveaways or different advertising efforts, like, man, you could just have a strong social media and we do this for free. You know, I'm like, wow, do it with a post. So I have one client, I'll give him a plug, Recycled Firefighter. Uh, he's a guy that was a firefighter, started making wallets um, out of recycled firefighter parts in, around the shop. Hmm. And uh, it just blew up. Yeah. That's a niche. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Like he has wallets and backpacks and everything's like really high quality. Um, but he, he stopped being a firefighter. Now he just does this. And um, he had a super strong social media and website way before we got on Amazon. Last year was our first year on Amazon. We did a little over a hundred thousand, and I think it will come up this year. We're gonna we're gonna hit it a lot harder. That's uh, a lot of revenue for a small business. I mean, a hundred grand. Yeah, it's probably a pretty good margin. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we will make a post on on Instagram over a weekend, like, "Hey, new product added to Amazon right. Prime only." Like, here's ten percent off our Instagram. Uh, followers only. And we'll get the 200 sales I'm looking to get for that launch strategy that I was talking about earlier. That's like a kindling to a fire. Boom, right from Instagram. Didn't have to pay anything. It's his own buyers launching the product. Boom, the the rankings up. We're going. We're hitting the race. So do you do anything with other e-commerce program uh, platforms though? Like like Walmart, or is there anybody else out there that okay, yeah, people can so, leverage? Yeah, sorry, I got carried away too. a little bit, but um, <laughs> I work. I help sellers with Etsy. Help sellers Etsy. with eBay. Um, I've been on Rakuten. I've been on Walmart. I've been on Jet. Um, I help a little bit, but really, when when my clients come to me and say like, "Hey, what's next?" I'm typically saying, "Let's go to Amazon Canada. Let's go to Amazon UK. Let's go to Amazon Japan." Um, Amazon just puts you in the driver's seat. And you think Amazon is eighty percent of the market at this point, or what do you? What do you yes, think? and I started on eBay, so I know eBay. Um, and I'm just telling you, like, for the amount of work, Amazon is the player. There's so many things I can do to make a product successful on Amazon versus the other platforms. It's kind of like you put them up and wait. When I when I think of eBay, I think of weird, random shit and auction. When I think of eBay anymore, I think of selling stuff and not getting paid. I, it's unbelievable. No, that's you know? Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I you know... It, eBay, Craigslist is meeting weird dude at grocery store parking lot. That's a... <laughs> Matt, I'm not even sure what we're talking about now. No, uh, you can buy that on eBay too, I think. Um, Or Backpage. I remember when... Oh, Backpage. (laughs) 
you can read Million Dollar Bedroom and learn all about how I more or less gamed Backpage.com for my own benefit for three years and probably a half a million dollars of profit. But anyway, back to what we're talking about. I'm old enough to remember when eBay first came out. Yes. Damn, you're old. And I'm not that old. But, you know, eBay is really, in my opinion, falling apart. And they've tried. You know, I, I've used it to, you know, liquidate just various bits and pieces. You know, if you have an old phone that you want to sell or something, it's yeah. a decent option to do that. And if you're not using the buy it now option, which makes them pay at purchase, I swear I got about a 50% chance of actually getting a payment on it. And it's frustrating. It's time consuming. I don't even sell my own books on eBay. Amazon just found the problems with eBay and then made Amazon. Yeah. It came out after. So eBay. While the internet's not that old, right? eBay is like where my dad goes to get deals. Like that's what he was like. I buy shoes to. on eBay a lot, right? Like there's it's weird, random stuff. Yeah. Yeah. auction, right? But yeah. if you're like, I need, I don't, I don't ever, wipes. Like you're not going to. EBay. I don't ever do auctions. I'll do buy it now stuff. But that's where I find people that are selling the weird things yeah. at like the sneaker exchanges. There aren't even enough of them. To, for them to even want to facilitate a listing. And I'm right. like, ooh, this is pretty cool. And yeah, I try to avoid that because it's why I have over 100 pairs of sneakers. <laughs> the other I've, thing, even, I've even helped you buy sneakers yes, on eBay. Yes. Yeah. The other thing is on eBay, you can make, uh, you can have one product and make a thousand listings for it. Okay. You can have just like millions just covering all of the pages, 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 pages. And on Amazon, if you all have the same product, they're going to throw you under that same listing and say there's 40 people rotating to get the buy box on this listing and so it's just cleaner shopping is that is that is that how they do that do they rotate everyone through yeah that's why i like to work with brand manufacturers or people to have exclusive access i don't want to share like rely on getting the buy box from 40 different people especially if amazon's one of them that's where you and that's where they have like the used or new options right right where you kind of get buried in the used option and let's yeah and let's talk about amazon just for like two seconds there's Vendor Central, Vendor Express, Amazon Handmade, Amazon Custom. Uh, There is Seller Central. There is Amazon Merch. Okay, so there's like a million different platforms on Amazon to sell, and they all have kind of different rules. So what you're saying is I call you and you tell me what to do? Yes. Okay. So basically... (laughs) (laughs) You know how many conversations I've had where a brand's like, we're on Amazon. I'm like, cool. Well, let me just give you a, Are you selling anything? A free console. Yeah. You know, let's see where you're at. They don't know if they're selling to Amazon direct. Is it through vendor central? They don't know if they're selling direct to customers. They don't they just think they have an Amazon guy. And it's not that they don't. I'm just there's so many different ways they could be doing it. Um that really changes the game. I got a really important question. How can we sell this podcast on Amazon? How can we sell the podcast? Well, we could get it transcribed a book, but I heard those on sale. <laughs> They do, just not very fast. You know, one thing that I thought was pretty cool about Amazon as an author. So last uh, July or last June, when Million Dollar Bedroom came out, as it got into July, it actually got up to number one for new small business books. Yeah. And I felt like Amazon really had my back along the way because when they saw it selling, they were actually reducing the price at their expense. And it wasn't much, but they were actually helping me. They were like, oh, people are going to buy this if we get it in front of people. And I found people were sending me more emails that had my book in it and everything. I felt like they were, I, 
it, it was good to see that they felt that they had a vested interest in me selling some stuff too. Well, if there's a high conversion rate, you would think yeah. they would promote it. And it's the same way that it's like, as people were buying it, my book was climbing up the rankings, the ads were showing better spots and a lot of that stuff. And, you know, all nine sales later. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get it in the ranks? How did I get in the ranks? No, I'm just saying in general, as if you're an Amazon seller, okay, you've got products and you're talking about, man, how do I get seen when there's 5,000 books getting released or 50,000 books getting released. I, had to buy ad. I bought ads. You had to buy ads. Yeah. You had to do advertising, right? I'll, I'll be honest with you. D- despite that, and a lot of people have said to me, they're like, oh, your book going up to number one. Do you make a lot of money? Nope. I spent as much as I made just selling it. You know, But I looked at it, like you said earlier, like a launch. Like, What's the point of everything that I've done coming up to now, if I'm going to get cheap at this moment and right. I'm not going to try to sell it now, I don't spend much on ads now and I don't sell nearly as many books, but yeah, it was, it was, well, you talked about Google being, you know, you, you go to Google almost now we say, Google it, you know, we say, Google it. it's an in information. It's less about shopping to me. There's websites out there. Don't get me wrong, but you're really looking for information gathering when you're on Amazon, you're looking to buy. So you know, I have these conversations with clients or, or brands and I'm like, you can start with the website. We can start with the Amazon. But on Amazon, I got all these fish in a pond waiting to buy. And on a website, we got to get them all there. Right. Right. Do all this that, that was my there. point earlier. There's just, you know, the the number of, of people that are going to click your ad that are ready to buy something if they see it are really high. Some of the things that, are, that were tough, though, also as an author is like, you know, they don't want to give you a whole lot if you don't if you're not Kindle Unlimited, which means that, you know, your book's just basically open source. And then I get about 25 cents if someone reads the whole thing. They pay a half a penny per page. Yeah. That's, that's not a lucrative business. No, it's really not. If it you're makes thinking more of, than podcasting. No. <laughs> no, it definitely does not. Because I had to hire an editor and a graphic artist. And then there was the time. And then, you know, Andrew, there's a fact. So I told you that Matt, Watson is in Million Dollar Bedroom and he still hasn't read the book. Yeah, he's read. So you're just colleagues and not friends. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No, I think it's that Matt, Matt, well, it was, I think the last book that I read was the one I wrote. I don't read a lot. I don't even listen to podcasts. People ask me that a lot too. But top question about my book is it available on Audible? Oh, fuck. I'd probably best serve to just not podcast in the future and read that damn book into the microphone. A, you, just have you, all right. else a, you might actually, yeah, you don't can. you own a business in the Philippines? Too? I, yeah, that would go really well here, guys read my book into this microphone. <laughs> uh, that would well, not you know would, what, what if I read the book and recorded it? I don't think that would I, kill two birds with one stone. It, if you can sit down and read the whole book into the microphone, I will pay you well. Chapter two. It's <laughs> always sunny in Cebu City. That he knows the name, the name of chapter two. You can actually hire voice <laughs> uh, voice actors. I mean, that's, that's my story. Fiverr. That's my story. Not not no. It's a couple grand. Um, I don't think I could have someone read my story for me. Yeah. That's been the main thing. I sat down and started trying to do it myself, and I got about five pages in it, and I was like, shit, this is going to be a lot of work. In a bedroom far, far away. <laughs> There's a million dollars. Actually, we we have the plan up. It's been modified. Uh, start up, open a corporation in a foreign country, learn a whole bunch of shit. Then the next part, learn a whole bunch of more stuff that you know 
you didn't know you needed to know. And then we cash in, sell out. We were going to buy a jet, then Bitcoin, then Ethereum. We let that all go. Now it's an island? Yeah, I think we're just going with an island at that point. And then we're going to repeat the whole process. That is everything all of you listeners need to know about being a successful startup founder, unless you have something to add to that, Matt. Um, Can we buy a Lambo and go to the moon? We were going to do that with our Bitcoin. <laughs> and I think that turned into one of those like $129 Lamborghinis that my kid drives around the cul-de-sac. Well, we can afford with the Bitcoin now, right? The only thing I ever do is buy diapers on Amazon. So you said yesterday that you felt that your wife was supporting the entire retail industry yes, through the yes, Amazon app. Yes. So we might need to get into some facts. So you yes. can subscribe and save to save 10%. We do. Sad. We get baby wipes every month. And as we close this down, you might know this. Uh, how much does Amazon sell every year? Like, what is that? What is that company's sales volume? Well, it's hard to track. Uh, but someone two, knows. Two years ago, they beat the top twenty retailers in America. So that was two years ago. They beat them combined. Combined. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so why are we talking about other marketplaces? You no, know? I agree. And and they got to be real excited about Toys R Us going belly up. It, that's I don't 11, think they even like think about Toys R Us. I mean, that was eleven billion dollars a year sold through Toys R Us. That you well, know, a percentage of it's moving right to Amazon. According to you, you have a lot of toys at your house. If you're listening to this, feel free to go visit Matt Watson at home, where you can play with the toys before you buy them on Amazon. <laughs> that's Toys R that's Us for sure. totally <laughs> had a good eBay store back in the day when I was really working on eBay and uh, in one of my corporate jobs. Toys R Us definitely had a very professional storefront on eBay and Amazon. So Toys R Us was making money off of Amazon. Well, the whole everything we've been talking about is technically hoping to make money off of Amazon. Yeah. Don't, don't see if you sometimes if you don't see people as your competition and maybe more of an ally, hey, if you can put your product in front of as many eyes as possible and in places where people are doing transactions, you have a much higher chance of selling anything than not. Andrew, how do we get a hold of you when uh, we want to sell something on uh, Amazon? Because Matt and I have at least ten to 15,000 products that we're probably going to want to make soon. At least toys. Toys, yeah. We can sell some toys. Um, I can be found on martinology.com. There's pretty much a contact us. Um, LinkedIn, any social media platform. If I'm not there, tell me so I can get there. And that's Andrew Morgan's with an S. Yes. And uh, um, it's posted on your website, so I'm sure you don't mind saying. Uh, I was actually really surprised. The I, I don't know why I was surprised, but I was impressed with the affordable nature of some of your product launch uh, services. Do you want to mention that? I think it's a plus. It make me want to call you. Yeah, um, I think we tr- we try to stay affordable. I'm just like, uh, you know, I like to grow with uh, small businesses. And I think I try to keep my pricing affordable for small businesses. Um, I like to grow along with them. And we're a company out of Kansas City that's growing um, businesses in Kansas City. And I'm proud of that. And um, yeah, so I mean, we do a la carte stuff. I love to definitely work on a project basis so I can really change the game for people instead of just doing like product photography or writing, you know, copy for a description or whatever. We definitely like to to take on the brand of the family. Um, But I think whenever you think about getting my whole team 
um, on a project or getting comparing comparing that pricing to a website that's probably at ten to you know ten to twenty thousand get a website done. Um, you know, I try to talk to some of these brands that talk about they're always trying to hire me and bring me in uh, just to work on their Amazon stuff. Like uh, bigger. If you're like Matt and I, you either have already become or are rapidly approaching being unemployable. Like just can't afford you. No, like I just can't work for somebody else. Oh yeah, no, it's impossible. So uh, yeah, so <laughs> not, I've had a not, couple not offers. Full-time, not full time. Yeah, if you were working for Adidas or somebody full time, you'd probably want to shoot yourself. I would. Yeah, it would have already happened. I'll I be think it was it was Laryl Holt that really brought that up. You know, he, what what did he say when we introduced him? And you know, Laryl's been doing it for himself for 40 years. He said, yeah, I'm completely unemployable at this point. <laughs> I said, wow, so am I. I think. I'm telling you, like, maybe I've got it at a young age early, but I just, I I have to do my own thing. So, I, you know, I was That's happy. good, man. I, I can tell you have a lot of hustle. And I knew that when uh, I sent you a message about um, being a guest here and you called me back at 1145 uh, on a Friday night. And I think the first thing I said was, I, it's, hey, you must be just like me and you have no life other than building your business, which is my life. And I, I'm cool with that. I, you know, making money is my hobby. And ever since I decided that I haven't worked a single day. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Is that fair, Matt? It's a good way to put it. Well, let's sign off, guys. Andrew, thank you so much for coming in. I think that we got a lot of good stuff here. Um, Matt, you made a lot of purchases on Amazon during the show. I did, yes. 75% of purchases are on his phone, so it makes sense. Yes. And 75% of purchases that occurred on Amazon today may have come during this podcast. Yes. Yep. So anyway, send the check and the affiliate payment to Matt at startuphustle.xyz. <laughs> See right. you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.